All right. Uh, and thank you guys for being here and worshiping with us this morning. I trust that you were enjoying the presence of Jesus as he was in this room this morning. I, I told the team afterwards, I hope everybody else in the room was having as much fun as I was having this morning. Because it is amazing to get the privilege, the honor, the opportunity to come into his presence together as family. Because when we worship him, he's literally here, walking among us, doing things, speaking to us. So we, we're grateful. I don't take it for granted every time that we gather and Jesus shows up. Uh, as Pam mentioned, uh, we are celebrating our 50th anniversary this year as a church. We started in 1973. It's been 50 years of an amazing ride with God. He is faithful. He's never let us down. He's never abandoned us, just like he promised. Isn't that amazing that he's just that way? So we're thankful for that. Uh, this year, the, the words we've been kind of living off of this year are remember, celebrate, and advance. And we've been doing a lot of remembering of what God has done in the past to stir ourselves with his goodness, with testimonies. We've been celebrating his faithfulness to us, that new life is a place where people can still come and encounter Jesus and grow in their faith and give it away. And I feel like we've been very good this year at remembering and celebrating. We haven't talked a whole lot about advancing. So I just wanted to use the next couple weeks uh, just to talk about the concept of advancing and what it means to move forward. I'm going to tell you right off the bat this morning, We were made to grow and to move forward. There's something about us, not just as human beings, yes, but also as Christians. We are made to grow. We're made to move forward. The Bible talks about us being like trees planted beside the waters, right? What do trees do? They grow. They produce fruit. They advance. Uh, We are the body of Christ. Ephesians talks about us growing up into all things, into the head who is Christ. Uh, We were made to be changed from glory to glory. Think about these things with me just for a second. Just to start out, we were made, we were created to move forward, to grow, and to advance. We're not those who shrink back, Hebrews says, but we're a people of faith who continue to move forward. We believe we have a hope and a future. And as I was thinking about this message today, have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you got stuck? You're just unable to move forward for whatever reason. You wanted to go, you know the right things to do, but I can't get out of this place where I am. Uh, it could be physically, it could be spiritually, it could be emotionally. I was thinking about physically getting stuck when, when we're trying to lose weight. Have you ever plateaued? And it's like, man, I just can't get down to that next weight. Is it just me? Come on, I know you guys, if we're we're people, we've done this, you get down to that that number and you're like, man, this is the same number. It's been for a couple weeks now, a couple of months, or it's gone the wrong direction, whatever your case might be. Sometimes we get stuck, man, my goal was to do two pull-ups and I've maxed out at one. Or I'm embarrassed to admit maybe a half is my max on that one. I don't know, it may be a physical thing that you've gotten stuck doing. Maybe it's emotional. You've been in a relationship and you you can't figure out why it's not going anywhere. Why I seem to be stuck. Why I'm I'm not able to invest more. There's something going on that way. Uh, Maybe it could be spiritually. And if you know me, go ahead and put that cartoon up there. I almost hate to admit this to you guys again and again. But the cartoon says, Bob's personal journey of spiritual growth gets bogged down behind some idiot doing half the speed limit. Just going to leave that up there because some lessons we learn quicker than others and some lessons, I don't know why, but year after year, you seem to get the same test over and over again. And I don't know what it is, but we want, when we, (laughs) I'm not going to go there anymore. Come on. 
I know it's me, right? It's not the idiot in front of you driving slow. It's me. I didn't make enough time in my schedule. I'm too impatient, whatever it is. I need God to grow me, and sometimes we get tests that help us to do that. But when we're not moving, when we're not advancing or growing, it's not our natural state. It's not who we were created to be, and we start to sense that something's wrong. We get frustrated. We get complacent. We start to feel aimless in our life. And no matter what kind of stuck it is, sometimes, have you ever just felt like this? Go and put that one up there. I was, have you ever gotten stuck and you just start, like, you don't even know why you're crying. You don't even know why you're frustrated. You don't know why you're feeling the things you're feeling. I honestly, I was trying to find a picture of Heather or Ashley this morning, but you can just pretend that that's one of them. Do you, ever, do you ever think that we look that way to God sometimes? It's like we're, we're sitting there crying and God's like, it's a box. <laughs> just stand up. Just, just move. Just take a step out of it. Just roll over, do something. And we're sitting there thinking, it's, oh, we'll never get out of this. How many of you have ever gone through a season of life where you just thought, this is the end of the world? I'll never get out of this. There's no hope to move in the future. And God's up there like, come on, we've got this. Just get up out of it. And I think sometimes not making progress, first of all, I want to say this, don't give in to the temptation to blame others for a lack of me advancing. Because that creates a victim mentality and you will stay stuck. If your spiritual growth is tied to somebody else, you, you won't grow. You will get frustrated, you'll get worn out. Our spiritual growth, we have control over what's happening in our lives. And I think often not making any progress is tied to situations that we've created. And I, I got one more for you. You guys okay with what Heather asked me? Are you going to show more memes or more Bible verses this morning? I got one more picture. You guys okay with this? Sometimes the situations we get stuck in, we do it to ourselves. And I don't know how these people got where they are. But I know somebody else didn't do that to them, okay? And most of the situations we go through in life, we've done it to ourselves. Uh, here's, here's a verse that I, I'm going to put up there just because it worked on me this week. Proverbs 14, 17 says, short-tempered people do foolish things. I read that verse this week, and I literally said, ouch. God, that one is, is for me. I see that you put that in there just for Chris in 2023. You, you wrote that verse for me. And... You, you could, come on, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody else right now. <laughs> like, we don't want to own that. And, and I'm not saying all bad decisions, all of our mistakes, all of our hindrances are because we're short-tempered, right? But have you ever made a bad decision just because you got impatient? Just, I want this to work out and it's not working. I'm just going to do this thing. There are times that we get stuck just simply because we're humans, And we do things, maybe it's a learning experience. Maybe we made that decision or we got in that situation because we didn't know how to get out of it. We'd never encountered it before. This is new in our lives. This is something we're learning. Sometimes it really might be a bad decision. Come on, sometimes we still do sinful and stupid things. Can I get an amen in the house from at least one person? You're all amen because you're like, you're right, Pastor Chris. Sometimes you do stupid and sinful things. Come on, even in a church full of Christians, that's a true statement. That we do stupid and sinful things sometimes. That's, come on, we're here because we found God's grace, his mercy, and we need it every single day. Uh, But the reality is we live with a lot of limitations that keep us from moving forward because we're not doing something about it, because we have control over that. And and I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the stuff we have control over. I'm going to say if you know that you need to change something, make it happen. 
Go to the gym. Learn a new skill. Develop a new habit. Come on, find somebody to be in agreement with that's going to do it with you and hold you accountable. If you know you need to change something, do that to unstick yourself. What I want to talk about this morning or spend the bulk of the time is talking about some hindrances in our lives that maybe we don't have control over. We need to recognize, hey, there's something going on besides just me. And last week, uh, how many of you were here for Pastor Keith last week? How many of you enjoyed that? I, I took two pages of notes. Even as long as you've been walking with Jesus, you hear something new from the scripture. It was amazing. But I had already had on the, on the schedule to talk about what we're going to talk about the next two weeks. And at the end of his sermon, he just started hitting a couple times that we are the army of God. That, that we're supposed to be moving forward. We're part of an army. And he mentioned the armor of God a few times. And uh, I think the armor is a great reminder about advancing. How many, how many of you are familiar with the concept that the armor of God covers our front, but there's nothing listed about your backside? Because the point is, it protects you, it's useful to you when you're moving forward. It's not going to help you if you turn around and retreat and start running the other direction. So, and, and I know Pastor Keith actually, he took a little detour talking about hospital gowns, which, which could be kind of appropriate for that of not not covering anything in the backside but that's the point of the armor of god we are supposed to use it to advance in our lives to do what we were made to do to keep moving forward to keep growing and uh, i want to talk about some very real spiritual dynamics that sometimes affect our progress that sometimes hinder us from growing the way we should and in ephesians paul's given some directive about how we're supposed to live He spends a lot of the portion of the book of Ephesians talking about be imitators of God. Find out what Jesus did. Live like Jesus. He he says live as children of the light. Don't do the deeds of darkness. That's a tongue twister for you. There's a lot of D's in there. Don't do the deeds of darkness. I feel like you gave you a shirt with that this morning. But he's telling us how to live and how to do this. And he starts drawing examples from everyday life. Aren't you thankful for everyday life examples? Because you can wrap your arms around and say, I can understand that. I could do that. He starts drawing examples from marriage and talking about how husbands treat their wives and how that represents Christ in the church. And he starts talking about children and parents and how we interact with each other. He even talks about slaves and masters. Come on, he's not doing that to endorse slavery, right? Can we just nod in agreement to that this morning? He knew his audience in the Roman Empire. About 70 to 75% of the people he was writing to were in some type of slavery. So he was writing about the dynamic. You can still live like Jesus even in a situation where you're under someone else's control. And then he's bringing his letter to a conclusion. To wrap it up, he gives them one more picture to pull it all together, to tell them how to live, how to grow, and how to advance. And he starts talking about the armor of God. And the first verse I wanted to read this morning is Ephesians 6.10. A final word. It's like a preacher that says, this is the last thing I'm going to say this morning. You're like, right, you're, you're going to write another couple chapters here, aren't you, Paul? He says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Come on, right off the bat, there is a reminder that still rings true for us today. We can't do this in our own strength. We will never be the people we were created to be if all we're doing is relying on pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting it done. Who who was the guy? Who said that? Get her done. Larry the Cable Guy. That shows my ignorance. 
I'm not sure I ever watched Larry the Cable Guy, but I know as good as that sounds, as much as Americans say, this is the land of opportunity, get yourself up by your bootstraps, get her done. You know, that's not God's plan. We need his strength. Not just any kind of power. It says we need his mighty power. Come on, that's, that sounds pretty exciting to me. That's more than just regular power. That's his mighty power at work in our lives. Come on, we, we believe in the miraculous here at our church. We pray for people and stuff happens. We see miracles. We see breakthroughs in areas. And as much as we talk about like, oh, these big, amazing miracles, don't overlook the mighty power of God that works in our lives every day. Come on. Every time I grow in my character or in a relationship with somebody or every time I choose righteousness, do you know that's a display of God's mighty power? Every, every time I choose to bless and not curse the slow driver in front of me, it might not look like much, but that is God's mighty power at work in us. If we're stuck because we're trying to move forward in our own strength, we need to repent. God, I, I'm going to choose not to believe that lie that I can do it in my own strength and I'm going to lean into you because I need to see your mighty power working in my life. How many of you could use a little dose of mighty power? Come on. I, if you raise your hand on that, there are people in your life that are thankful for that. Your, your family, your kids, your coworkers, like they are excited that you would choose God's mighty power to change your life. I can't tell you how excited Pam is every time I do something right with God. Come on. (laughs) Um, She can tell you all the stories later. You can see her after church at the Connection Point. She'd be happy to tell you stories about all the things I did well. (laughs) Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Come on. Ephesians 6.11 goes on, and I'm, I'm going to read these next two verses and spend a little time talking about these observations, and then next week we'll get into a little bit more of the detail on the armor. But Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There's a lot to unpack there. In two verses, there is so much we can get out of this. The first thing I want to tell you, just as a reminder, right off the bat, even though he's talking about mighty powers and evil spirits in in unseen places, don't get fixated on the devil. Can I just say that one more time? Don't get fixated on the devil. Our eyes are supposed to be where? Fixed on Jesus. And I think that's part of the the trap we get into is we start looking at all these things and thinking, oh, look where the devil's at work over here. He's over there. And in that moment, we've gotten our eyes off Jesus because we're more concerned about what's the devil up to. So don't get fixated on there. There is a real devil. I believe that, but I often use the word the devil to refer to all kinds of things, evil and demons and powers of darkness. So take that for a grain of salt, whatever it's worth to you. I believe that the devil and everything associated was, was defeated by Jesus at the cross. Come on. There, there is nobody left. There is, there is no enemy left that is hiding somewhere that said, oh, well, that cross didn't apply to me, so now I've got power to get, attack you. That's right. Come on, Jesus defeated every enemy that rose up against him. 
the main job of the enemy now is trying to hinder us from walking in the victory that Jesus won for us. Come on, if he can get us to believe lies, untruths, if he can get us to be tempted and do stupid things that get our eyes off of Jesus, that keep us from walking in the victory, he'll do it every time. Can I tell you a secret? All right, two people said yes on this side. So I'm going to tell them. You guys can listen in. This, I don't know if, if this will make you think more or less or indifferent about me, but most of the time... I live my life as if the devil doesn't exist. I'm busy. I'm busy living with Jesus. And most of the time, I completely ignore or I act like the devil doesn't exist. If you read through scripture and Jesus' ministry in the gospels, about a third of Jesus' ministry was dealing with some kind of demonic or spiritual activity. 33%. If Jesus, the son of God here on the earth that was being tempted under all these attacks, if it was only about a third of his life, why would I think I would be different? Why would I go around thinking, oh, the devil's attacking me every day all the time? Just putting that out there for food for thought. Because I've I've met people that act like 100% of everything in the world is caused by the devil. And I think he gets too much credit or too much blame for stuff that he doesn't have the power to produce. I heard somebody giving a talk one time. (laughs) This sounds like a stupid thing to listen to now. I heard somebody giving a talk one time about religious art, like paintings and things over over the centuries. And he made this case that the further you go back in depictions of Christian art and paintings... Uh, that have the devil in the painting, the further you go back in history, the smaller he is depicted in the paintings. It was like the early church knew the devil didn't have a place. Like if there's there's some paintings all the way back in first or second century where the devil's like a fly that like compared to the people in the painting and they're swatting him away. And it's only over the course of time after we've given him this place and, and made these myths up about how powerful he is that he started to grow in stature in these paintings. I thought maybe the early church was on to something. So again, hear me on this. I'm not saying the devil isn't real. I'm just saying live your life in the victory of Jesus knowing that he's already been defeated. Sometimes. So there, there is that space in my life where because discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit and he, he will speak to us about what's going on, there are times that I do recognize, oh, this is the devil. Like we're under attack right now. There's something going on in our lives. Usually it's because I see a pattern happening. Anybody ever need a pattern to know that something's actually going on? Like the first time, the second time, the third time, you're like, oh, there must be something happening here. Like, as an example, this was, this was a number of years ago, uh, but we started having people in our family start falling down. Like, my mom slipped on the ice at my grandma's house. Uh, our grandson fell down the steps as his uncle was carrying him. Like, there were several things that just started to happen. And after, like, the third or fourth one that was happening, I'm like, we need to pray. Come on. Most of the time, I live my life like the devil doesn't exist. But when God starts speaking and I recognize, oh, this is not natural. 
there's something at work here. Those are the moments that I say, okay, let's pray. Let's start to declare the things about the armor of God. Let's start to declare, Jesus, you're my strong tower. I run into you and hide myself. Those are the times when you need to recognize and say, okay, I need to get back to knowing that he's defeated and let him know that. The devil is real, but most of the time, he's not around fighting you. Here's something else I want to share from that verse. So don't get fixated on the devil. That's the first thing right off the bat. As we read Ephesians 6, 10, 11, uh, people aren't the real enemy. That's a hard one sometimes. That guy who said the ignorant thing to you this morning. The, the, the slow driver that's in front of you, whatever it is, the family member who gets on your last nerve, that guy that you didn't vote for that's doing those things. Come on, I don't, how far do I need to go for this gets real for all of us? Come on, people aren't the real enemy. That verse says it's not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. People may do ungodly, sinful, and selfish things because they all need Jesus, but they're not the real enemy. You're not praying for God to smite your neighbor. Please don't do that. I'm just, I'm just picturing like a bunch of people in the neighborhood saying, we're going to have a prayer meeting to, to deal with that guy over there. Come on, don't do that. If you're going to have a prayer meeting for the, for the ungodly neighbor that gets on your nerves, pray salvation and blessing on his household. Begin to say, God, show yourself real to him. Let him know that there's a different way. Come on, the real enemy is not flesh and blood. Oh, Jesus, help us. That's a hard one to remember, especially when you're in the heat of the moment. You know? conceptually, I know in my head, that's not the real enemy, but that person sitting across the table from me is starting to make my blood pressure go up and I'm seeing red. And those moments, you got to step back and say, okay, what's really going on here? The, the real enemy might be manipulating this situation, might be at work, or it could just be that person's a jerk. Come on, I'm not going to write that one out of the equation because we just said the devil doesn't cause everything that happens. Sometimes it's people being people, but the real reason that it's happening is because we need to pray in the spiritual realm for something to change in their lives. People aren't the real enemy. And another thing I want to share with you this morning from that verse in Ephesians, standing is advancing. That verse says, having done all, stand. Standing equals winning. Come on, standing equals victories. Even though he's talking about wearing armor, uh, the type of fighting that Paul's alluding to in that passage is more like close quarters wrestling. It's almost, oh. Um, my, my son-in-law, Daniel, and I went one time, we saw actual sumo wrestlers fighting in the ring. There are some sights you can't unsee. But... The fighting that Paul is talking about is almost closer to that. Even though you're wearing armor, they would draw a big circle on the ground. And the goal was, you're going to knock the other guy down, step on his neck, or you're going to put him out of the circle, and you're the winner. The winner is the one who's left standing. That's part of why we're wearing this armor. That's part of why Paul's telling us how to fight and who to really fight against. Because he knows if we do it well, we'll be the one standing. The enemy 
wants to attack you to knock you down and steal your faith. Because that is the most valuable thing you have. It's something of eternal value. Faith is what causes things to work in our lives. Faith is how we please God. We talked in the rally this morning about how many times Jesus looked at somebody and said, your faith has made you whole. And if the enemy can knock you down and steal your faith, he wins a victory in that moment, even though he's been eternally defeated at the cross. Faith helps us to advance. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, a very famous verse says, we walk, everybody say walk. Walk. We walk, we advance, we move forward by faith, not by sight. A lack of faith immobilizes us. It keeps us from walking. If we want to walk, if we want to advance, we don't need to fix all the stuff we see and do it in the natural. We need faith. And that's part of what we do when we stand. We go back to the word. We refresh ourselves. We, we remind ourselves of the promises of God. We begin to pray. We begin to worship. All of that is part of standing and stirring and strengthening our faith. Standing is advancing. I got, I got one more observation that I want to share from Ephesians 6.11 before we wrap up this morning. It's like Paul saying a final word. We're not fighting the devil himself. Okay, go with me for a second on this. We we need to stop trying to do what Jesus already did at the cross. It's it's not the way Hollywood portrays it. All the, the did you see they made a sequel to The Exorcist? <laughs> no, if, if you if you're not aware of that, God bless you. You don't need to know that. But all of these movies, all these Hollywood portrayals, where it's the scared, scrawny priest with his cross. And he's nervous that the devil's going to throw him down the stairs or kill him. You're not fighting the devil. Jesus already did that at the cross. If you read that verse closely, it says we're standing firm against the strategies of the evil one. Some translations may say schemes, plans. 2 Corinthians 2.11 talks about we don't want to get outwitted by Satan because he's got schemes and strategies. We're not literally fighting the devil, but he does have plans. He does have schemes that we put into motion that we need to strengthen ourselves about. Come on, how do you, how do you get the devil to run away from you? James 4 says if we submit to God. Come on, it's not about fighting the devil. It's about submitting to God, about saying, hey, I am connected in the place I need to be connected in. I'm submitted to him, and that means as soon as I resist you, you have to flee. We stand in that moment by putting on the armor of God, by doing these things that Paul's talking about. Uh, When he says you're putting on the armor of God, that's a great word. Uh, The root word is in duo, if you're going to look it up and do a word study. But it literally literally means to sink into something. Picture like the the most comfortable couch or the fluffiest blanket you have, and you're just sinking back into it, wrapping yourself in it. That's the picture in that moment. I'm sinking into it. I'm letting it enfold me and cover me. And the amazing thing is, it's God's armor. It says put on the armor of God, but he's given it to us. It's not something that you still have to earn, that you still have to go to the store to buy. It's not something that you have to dig out of the closet somewhere. He's already given it to you, and you just have to rest into it. 
Ah, how many of you know that's good stuff that we're talking about? I'm going to land there today. You guys okay with that? I'm going to, I'm going to read you the verses that we're going to talk about next week. But then we're going to pray and stop there. Uh, and these aren't going to be on the screen, but just listen for a second. Think about these are things that you already have access to that you just need to sink into, rest into it. It says uh, in Ephesians 6.13, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be still standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. The body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation of your helmet as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Next week, we're going to get into what do those look like in our lives? How do we put them on? How do we activate the power of those things? Uh, So we're going to keep talking about the armor because we're made to move forward. We're made to advance. We're made to grow. Uh, This is the action item I want to leave you with this week. And we're going to take a moment to do it before we even leave today. Ask God to help you advance. Literally, We're going to ask him, Lord, tell us one thing. Come on, how many of you have ever gotten stuck because the list is too big? You start thinking of all the things that you need to work on in your life. You start thinking of all the stuff that's happening, and you get paralyzed. You get overwhelmed because there's too much. And sometimes the answer is just pick one. And I believe that's something God's going to speak to us even today. As we ask him to help us advance, we're asking him, Lord, tell us one thing that we need to work on. What's, what's one area you want to deal with in my life? And you know what's amazing? When you ask him, he'll speak to you. He'll answer you in that moment. And be ready because it, it may not be the thing that you've been focused on the most recently. I don't, I don't know how he does that. But I know every time I ask God about something, he knows exactly what I need. He's just that way. It's almost like he made me or something. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, oh, if I just fix this and fix this, and maybe even the people around you are like, oh, if you would just fix this and this. And God's like, you need to do this. And in that moment when you do it, when you, when you say yes to him, it's like, Oh, I wasn't even sure. I didn't even know I needed that. God, what what did you just do to me? Let's go ahead and stand. And I don't know, it, it might be something physical. It might be something emotional. It may be something spiritual where you've been feeling stuck and he wants you to move forward. We're just take a moment to ask him and then we're going to take a moment to just listen. Father God, we come before you right now as your children that you loved so much that you sent Jesus to earth for us. And then God, as if that wasn't enough, you poured out your spirit onto us. You caused us to come into relationship with you, to be one with you, and you still are working in our hearts and minds and in our lives. So God, right now, as we stand here in your presence, we ask that you would speak to us Tell us what what is the one thing, even starting today, Lord, that you would like us to move forward in, that we need to get unstuck, that we need to advance. Let's just take a moment to listen to him.
whatever just popped into your mind in that moment. Come on. I don't, God's not always coming with the booming voice or the lightning and the big cloud. Sometimes it's just an impression in our heart. We might just get a picture of a situation or a person that means something to us. Whatever came into your mind in that moment, that's what he wants us to move forward in. Father God, I thank you that even all over this room, there could be a hundred different things that you just spoke about because you know each of us so well and so intimately. God, I just ask that you would release your grace over our lives right now. Empower us to do something with what we just heard. God, we, our desire is to grow and to be whole and to move forward in you and to advance. And we just thank you that it comes from you. It's by your strength and your mighty power. God, I thank you that this is a moment, but it's going to affect our tomorrow and the day after that because you're speaking and moving us forward. If you're in this room or maybe you're watching me online and you've never taken the first step of getting unstuck from your past, of starting a relationship with Jesus, of finding out that he can be the forgiver of your past and the redeemer of your future. If you need to do that today, I'm going to encourage you to come meet us over by the cross. We'd love to just pray with you and tell you what it means to follow Jesus. Father, I just ask right now that even as we leave from this place, that we would go with joy in our hearts, with a spring in our step, with a knowing that you are the victor, that you defeated every foe that could line up against us. You won everything that there was to win by your work on the cross. And then when you came out of that tomb, you proved it to the world. We honor you, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for that victory that you won, that you've given to us that you called us more than conquerors, that you said, everything I have, I'm sharing with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to walk out that victory that you secured for us. God bless your people as we go from this place today. I thank you that we don't go anywhere alone, that you're always with us. God, let our lives be a testimony to others of your goodness. Let your name, Lord Jesus, be made famous through the things that we say and do. And then, God, I just thank you for just even releasing salvation in the lives of people we interact with this week. Oh, maybe maybe I'm just praying for me right now. But, Lord, I just thank you for those people that have gotten on our last nerves, for letting those people be ones even that we would get to bless speak salvation over their lives. Meet us in those moments, in the day-to-day, everyday things that we go through, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Hmm. We just honor you now, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.